This is Taking Care in Business, a podcast that dives into the topic of corporate social responsibility from many different perspectives. Host Kathy Pedrotti Hayes is an expert in CSR and philanthropic giving, and her co-host Vicki Bolson is the founder and CEO of Bolson Group, a unified marketing company that was also the first B Corp certified company in Indiana. Kathy and Vicki became friends and equally passionate about CSR when they first worked together several years ago. Join them as they talk about why it is always worthwhile to take care in business. Hey, Kathy, how are you today? Great, Vicki, how about you? I'm pretty good. I, uh, I'm really excited about our guest today. Um, we're going to be joined by Vivica Huyaker, who is of Beam. And um, I know we've talked about Beam. It's that new app that turns every retail visit into an opportunity for social good. Um, utilizing industry-leading proximity technology and push notifications. This app empowers people to donate to causes they care about by visiting the retailers they love. And it was co-founded and developed by CEO Vivica Huyaker, a former McKinsey and Company consultant, and CTO Alex Salvatore, previously an iOS developer at Tinder. So let's welcome Vivica so she can share how she and Alex became passionate about social impact and especially Beam. Um, I'm I'm excited to find out how Beam is invigorating retail by engaging consumers who are eager to support the brands with the shared commitment to the charitable causes. And I want to hear what's in store down the road for Beam and its users. Me too. Well, hey, Vivica, can you tell us a little bit about Beam and just how you guys got started and... Um, maybe what is ahead in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Hi, guys. Great to be chatting with you today. Th- thanks so much for having me. Of course. Um, so, yeah. So, to start out, uh, Beam is, as you described, Beam helps retailers reach and retain Gen Y and Z consumers by giving users the power to impact issues they care about with every bit purchase. Um, and one of the initial seedlings for Beam was a really long time ago when I was 15. And I'm from Cleveland, and I started an environmental nonprofit. And the number one way to make anyone excited about anything in Cleveland is to try to partner with the Cavs, the NBA team there. Like, United States of LeBron, it's our biggest thing. Um, So I called a number I found online for the NBA, and one thing led to another. And they actually ended up sponsoring us and bringing in some of their corporate partners. And within 18 months, we were able to install a million dollars worth of solar panels in local schools. And you were 15, right? Uh, so, yeah, that's right. Uh, so <laughs> that's it all crazy. happened a lot faster than I I just wanted to underscore that for our listeners today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, it was definitely a unique experience, and I had two takeaways from it. The first was that brands that I loved gave tons of money to issues that I cared about, and I had no idea. I was a huge Cavs fan, and I didn't know they had such a big NBA Green Week environmental focus. And secondly, I realized that brands were so eager to generate local goodwill that they'd consider giving money to places that I didn't originally think they would, like even to a 15-year-old. So I was really interested in this discrepancy between how game-changing corporate philanthropy could be for high-impact nonprofits and how under-recognized it was by consumers for brands that they supported. Um, Yeah, so fast forward, I went to college at Brown and then worked as a McKinsey consultant, as you mentioned, where I was serving a lot of retail clients. And a common theme that emerged is that they're just really struggling to retain young customers. Mm -hmm. And one reason for that is a lot of the incentives that are used to get young customers in the door again and again 
are all discount driven. Either a buy nine, get the 10th free loyalty program or 20% off flash sales. And while discounts are effective in driving traffic, people love discounts and will go redeem them once, they don't necessarily drive long-term connectivity. And especially with young consumers who are looking for just more meaningful things from the brands they gravitate to long-term. Uh, a lot of research shows that, you know, retail is changing and young consumers want a sense of shared community and common values with the brands they stick with long-term. And we've seen this in the rise of cult brands like Warby Parker and Sweet Green. And actually, I, I dove into this more, and I realized that social impact plays a huge role here. 90% uh, of millennials would switch brands to an alternative they believe is more socially responsible, and 70% would pay more for one. And the operative word here is believe, because in my prior experience, I realized that brands are giving tons of money back as um, uh, through corporate philanthropy. In retail, it's uh, $4 billion a year. And these brands spend even more trying to publicize their giving, yet 89% of Gen Y and Z consumers have no awareness of charitable programs or brands they support. So that's when I started thinking about a social impact-driven rewards platform. And the way Beam works now is we empower users to donate corporate dollars to supported causes they care about with every visit to partner brands. So we are active in New York and Providence right now. And if you have our native iOS app, Whenever you visit a partner brand, you get a push notification automatically, even if your phone's in your pocket or your purse, and you open it and you're led to four supported nonprofits. You can pick one that you care about, and the brand donates money there for you. So it's a completely free way for users to make every day more meaningful. They see themselves working towards tangible goals for issues they care about, like funding a week of code education for an underprivileged girl. And for brands, we've seen that our users – return more and more often week over week, and actually more often than even if you'd offer them something free. This is a really powerful way to identify and connect with consumers who are uniquely passionate about what a brand stands for. And from a social impact perspective, lastly, uh, we've seen that we are driving brands to give more and to give more intentionally, so to giving to high-impact local nonprofits. And we're also giving users a way to stay engaged and make a difference every day within their routines. Particularly now, we're in a really paralyzing political environment, but we're creating more touch points in people's daily lives to engage with things that they care about and then eventually become more invested in issues they care about over time. So the last question you asked that I'll answer is what's in, the, in store for us in the future? Um, we're really excited about a lot of brand partnerships we have in the pipeline. We're launching an Android app soon, and we'll be expanding nationally this year. So it's one brand per four nonprofits, correct? Exactly. Um, actually, there's one caveat there that I should add. One of our other value propositions to partner brands is that we help them build hyper-local community at every storefront. The one capability we have is to customize a supported nonprofits featured on a store-by-store -store basis. So one of our larger enterprise partners wants to feature four different uh, nonprofits within the same cause lens. In, gender, in general, they support hunger and homelessness eradication. Mm -hmm. uh, but every location in Manhattan will be doing work dedicated to the neighborhood that it's in. And that makes people feel like this brand is really a community institution rather than a large corporate conglomerate. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, when you had mentioned before giving more and giving more uh, intentionally, I was curious as to how or do you all as Beam work with any of the um, 
retailers to kind of identify some of these causes? Yeah, that's a great question. And it looks a little different on a brand-by-brand basis. Uh, We basically have a spectrum of involvement from not incredibly involved in curating the causes to being really heavily involved. On one end of the spectrum, some of the brands, on a baseline level, we guarantee the users any nonprofit you're supporting through Beam is a high-impact organization. So we use a couple of different resources to vet for that. One is Charity Navigator. Uh, We support three- and four-star-rated nonprofits. And secondly, because uh, Charity Navigator sometimes doesn't work with hyper-local organizations, we also turn to a few local resources like community foundations Mm -hmm. and a list of government-sponsored local urban nonprofits doing great work in cities. So um, on one hand, sometimes brands are already supporting really high-impact organizations. And all these brands, like I mentioned, have a specific lens that they want to give through. Uh, Dig In is one of our partners. They're all about promoting farmer rights and wellness and sustainability along the supply chain, uh, whereas some other brands are fo- – one of our other partners is really focused on hunger and homelessness. A brand called Inde we're working with uh, is really focused on cultural fusion. So on one end of the spectrum, some brands already have high-impact organizations they're working with. We say, hey, we will be a better communication tool for the corporate philanthropy work you're doing, and you can feature the organizations they're already giving to on our platform. On the other end of the spectrum, for Inde, the brand I just mentioned, we actually created a corporate philanthropy program for them from scratch. So we identified, you know, the key values that are important to them and also differentiated for their brand. Like I mentioned, they are, for context, they call themselves kind of the Chipotle for Indian food. Uh, So we identified a couple of high-impact Indian nonprofits doing work in India and a couple of high-impact organizations in New York to showcase both sides of that mission. And then a more common point, you know, somewhere along the middle of that spectrum is a combination where a brand might be supporting three high-impact organizations and the fourth we suggest to them based on our best practices and consumer insights. The one large partner we're working with in the food and beverage segment wanted to reach more 24 to 34-year-old women, and we saw they were most likely to change their behavior to support education nonprofits. So we said to them, look, you're get- they were currently giving to a folk festival that <laughs> nobody ever supported. I guess it didn't resonate with consumers on an emotional level. But we said, hey, you should substitute out this folk festival with this high-impact education nonprofit, and we'll advertise to the users you're trying to reach that, hey, if you go to this brand tomorrow between 2 and 4 p.m., they're off peak hours, they'll triple your impact for this cause you care about. We've seen that those type of ads get redeemed at four times the industry standard. So just to summarize, it's a bit of a combination between working with brands on what they're already doing and enhancing it uh, to reflect the needs and desires of their consumer bases. Okay, Vivica, I'm going to back up just a bit on, um, we always ask our guests uh, a couple of questions that I'm going to combine into one because you've really, one of those questions is how did you get interested in corporate social social responsibility or shared value? And you've talked a lot about shared community and social impact already. Um, So keep that kind of question in mind. And the other one is, is your company's involvement in shared community by default or by design? I think you've spoke to both of those a bit, but um, can you just go back in time a little bit, maybe to the time when you were 15 and you you um, you, you started having this interest and kind of share the evolution of that with our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Happy to add more color there. And I think, 
one thing that's really unique about my experience is I've seen the impact, the potential impact of corporate social responsibility from the side of all stakeholders involved. So when I was on the nonprofit side, the social sector side, um, when I was 15, I realized, you know, this was incredible and a huge accelerant in enabling us to have a huge impact locally. And it also kind of had a downstream waterfall effect where, you know, the validation from brands that a lot of people trusted encouraged them to get involved. And other local brands, like I mentioned, started joining after the NBA supported us. So I know that corporate philanthropy is a game-changing resource for nonprofits in scaling their impact to do, like, high-impact work at a greater level. And um, from the other side, I realized that, you know, corporate philanthropy also solves a really urgent business need. Of course, I think, you know, at a fundamental level, it's important for uh, brands to be giving back on principle, but it also helps them really communicate their values and their brand in a unique and emotional way that, you know, very few other marketing and advertising tools can. And it also helps them build, like we mentioned, community. And um, in, in the ways that I've been describing, it helps the local community in a way that very few other resources can. And what's beautiful about this also is that it's a virtuous cycle where the more authentically a brand is committed to giving back, the more powerfully they can message this as a marketing tool. And once they see ROI in that, you know, this is working, people are responding to us um, when we talk to, about our corporate philanthropy the more incentivized they are to center corporate philanthropy uh, in their business model. So, you know, it's a virtuous cycle where impact reinforces its ability, corporate philanthropy's ability to serve as a marketing tool, and then its effectiveness there that in turn incentivize brands to give more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so basically from, you know, my range of experiences spanning like a decade from when I was 15 to when I was working as a consultant, really showed me the multifaceted impact that corporate philanthropy can have. And I'd say that, you know, that translated very much by design in the creation of Beam and thinking about how we can optimize corporate philanthropy both as a tool for impact and as a tool for communication. So how are you measuring this and reporting this back to all the stakeholders? Uh, We basically, the the most clear way that we measure our impact is dollars donated. And the way that we're measuring that is we track, you know, the selections that users are making every month. The donation size per transaction ranges generally from five to twenty-five cents for special campaigns. For instance, Dos Toros increased their impact by 10x on Giving Tuesday, and sometimes our brands, when they open new stores, they increase their impact as well. Um, but yeah, so we we track our impact around how dollars donated, and of course we net up the donations so that our partners are giving to include processing fees. So 100% of what we've told users will be donated actually gets to the nonprofit. And then right now the way it's been working is a lot of these brands already have established relationships with the nonprofit. So we share with them, you know, we've driven an incremental, whatever it is, $25 in donations to this nonprofit this month. And, you know, as we scale, of course, those numbers get bigger. And they, of course, vary from brand to brand. That was just a hypothetical number I threw out. But then uh, we have reporting. I basically have a strong point of contact with the head of social responsibility or head of digital. It varies from brand to brand who is taking on the corporate philanthropy. But they make the donation to the nonprofit and then send confirmation back to us. 
and we also have links direct communication channels with the nonprofits that are featured on our platform. So we can say to them, we ask them up front, you know, how far will $20 go or what's a tangible milestone we could achieve by donating $10. Uh, and, you know, so we receive that confirmation that the money's gotten there. And we've already had this communication around, you know, th- this $10 donation in turn translates to being able to fund meals for a week for a farmer who's been displaced by Hurricane Harvey. So we, just to recap, we measure impact in two ways. One is dollars donated. The second is how that translates tangibly into milestones. Um, That's, you know, our fundamental business model. Then internally, we're also thinking critically about how we measure our own impact as an organization. Um, And then the future will enable users to donate their own money to reach goals Mm -hmm. faster. They'll unlock a payment integration and to be able to give their own money to get to that milestone I described more quickly. And we as an organization will cover the processing fees incurred by users when they donate their own money. So about 100% of the donation will get there. We also plan to be a carbon neutral organization and are going to be buying carbon credits to offset our own energy consumption. So, yeah, we think about our impact in two ways. One is internal. The second is external in our fundamental business model. Uh, How did you come up with the name BEAM? I'm really curious about that. That's a great question. We actually, so we really wanted to invoke a sense of energy and warmth and optimism and the idea of something spreading, you know, starting at point A and spreading beyond that to point B. And in that way, we really like the symbolism of how a beam uh, widens Mm -hmm. to affect more people. You know, it starts at a really focused point, but it extends into time and space. And um, so BEAM was actually one of a few names that we had on a short list that we thought really captured this sense of emotion and energy. And then we sought feedback from our target users. We talked to about 60 different people, had a focus group. And we, the other thing that emerged in those conversations was that BEAM is monosyllabic and snappy mm-hmm. and can be used as a verb. And one thing, you know, when we were focus grouping, people just started to say, you know, I beam for the education because I really think that talent is equally distributed and opportunity isn't. Other people are saying, you know, I'd beam for women's empowerment because I really care about gender issues. We love that organically this is becoming something that could be integrated into the lexicon in a new way. Yeah, that's really neat. Mm -hmm. That's really neat. One of the questions that we always ask our guests is, um, what advice would you give our listeners about starting a CSR program or growing their uh, their interest um, or participation in CSR? That's a great question, and it's something that, you know, we've thought about a lot as we work with different partner brands, as I mentioned, in varying capacities to develop and enhance their existing CSR programs. Um, but, yeah, so I, I think there's four different uh, tips I would think about for, for brands to focus on when they're starting a CSR program. One is their own values. Second is their audience interests. Third is impact. And fourth is marketing and communication. And I'll go through each of those in a little more detail. But, yeah, the the first thing that I mentioned is brand values. And I think that CSR is a really powerful way for brands to state, you know, this is what we care about uniquely. It's also a great opportunity to showcase differentiation. And I think that's one reason that really established brands with sophisticated corporate philanthropy programs have such a clear focus in what they're saying. Like, this is what we as a brand uniquely care about. So I'll use the example of Inday again. Um, we, know, we knew that they had fusion food, 
wanted to emphasize that to consumers and say, you know, this is a unique lunch option because you're getting a piece of India and a piece of New York when you come here. So we supported, you know, a high-impact education nonprofit in India called the Akanksha Fund. They work on building schools, training teachers, and funding political advocacy for education reform, as well as um, there's something called Edible Schoolyard in New York, which works on creating urban farms and involving public school kids and maintaining them to promote healthy eating and nutrition literacy. So this enabled us to show, you know, we work globally, we work locally, and we also really care about healthy food. So it was a way for them to stand out against other brands rather than just picking, you know, a handful of very standard organizations like food banks for them to support as well. Nothing against food banks. I would just, of course, re- uh, they're doing incredible and really needed work. But I would just recommend to brands to think critically about how they can differentiate themselves based on their values and what they're choosing to support. And this, of course, connects to the second thing that I mentioned is focusing on audience interest. So we found that it, we, the example that I used earlier where a brand was giving to a folk festival, and we saw that none of their customers ever selected the folk festival. And it's important for brands to think about, like, of course, how do we reflect our own values here? And also corporate philanthropy is an opportunity to bond with consumers over the things that they care about. So a couple of recommendations around this include actually getting out there and surveying customers and saying, you know, why do you come to our brand? Why do you support our brand? What do you think is unique about our mission? And what is, what is it that you care about? What moves you? Because if you're able to strike on the passions of your consumers, their most deeply held beliefs, that really enables you to channel a lot of their existing enthusiasm about social issues towards your brand as well and creating shared value. Um, and we actually discovered a few unexpected and surprising things when we asked consumers that, how it varies by, you know, even neighborhood within a city is really interesting. So I'd recommend that brands actually get out and do some either through email or, you know, actually in-person store visits, asking their consumers what it is that makes them tick is really valuable. The third thing I mentioned is impact. As After brands have identified the values they want to showcase, the values they want to connect with their audience over. The third thing then was when they go to support, go to select nonprofits to support, it's important to optimize for those that are extremely transparent and high impact. And, you know, one is on a level of social impact, of course, this is important. You want your dollars to be being put to work in the best areas. But secondly, as far as reporting, it's really helpful to work with highly transparent organizations because it enables brands to provide very tangible feedback to their consumers saying like your support has enabled us to build a school which we've seen through our reporting mechanism has made users really excited and feel like they're part of something bigger and that leads me to the fourth dimension that i mentioned is marketing and communication and there's a really interesting article that came out by fast company recently that shows a bit it studies brand longevity and it illustrated that the brands that succeed in having staying power across different generations, particularly like Starbucks, are those that not only have a really clear social mission and are doing great work, but also have a very authentic story. They're successful in communicating their mission to their consumers. So this is something that is often an afterthought for brands. Like, you know, we're doing great work. We can put up flyers about it, or uh, we can put up uh, signs about it in store and give out flyers. And from our research, we've seen that those aren't really effective ways to connect with consumers. 
So I would think, you know, be diligent about how you choose to communicate your story and mission to your consumers and also, if possible, optimize for interactivity, which enables consumers to feel like they're actually an active part of building the social mission together. I just, it's just, I think it's so brilliant what you've created, and I can't, I personally can't wait until I can download it and start making my dollars matter more. Yeah, we're you know? we're very excited for your national expansion, so that's great. Yeah. Thank you so much. We are so excited to be bringing Beam to you, too. <laughs> well, where can, um, remind our listeners how they can download the app. Absolutely. So if you are in New York or Providence, you can start Beaming today. Uh, you can, if you visit beamimpact.com, there's a link to download there. Uh, also, if you search for us on the iTunes app store, if you search Beam Impact, we're the first search result. And you can use us at amazing brands like Dig In, Dos Toros, uh, Think Coffee, Inday, uh, Pinkberry, and a lot more coming soon. And what about social media? Where can our uh, listeners follow you? Ah, thank you very much. Uh, yes, you can follow us on Instagram at GetBeam or on Twitter at Beam underscore Impact. And I'm at Vivica Holyalker, which is very hard to spell. You can find me through the Beam account. Her, her last name is spelled H-U-L-Y-A-K-E-R, and Vivica is with a K. Uh, it's actually it's <laughs> H-U-L-Y-A-L-K-A-R. Ah. Very close. Oh, ah, I forgot that. a lot that of letters. L. I had to become... And no worries. I had to become a good speller very early in life. <laughs> I have a weird last name, too. I get it. Okay. Well, Vivica, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, it's delightful hearing That's about so what great. you're doing. And uh, we are so excited and really heartened to have uh, this as a new tool for people to use. So Thank you so much for having me. It was so great chatting with you guys. Let's give a big thank you to Matthew Sosi, our podcast engineer. You can visit the Taking Care in Business website at takingcareinbusiness.com. Or just visit us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Taking Care in Biz. That's Taking Care in B-I-Z. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at any time at info at takingcareinbusiness.com. Thank you for joining us today, and until next time, take, take care, care in, in business. business.